You are listening to PLV Radio Network. Join us in celebrating all of life's possibilities. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Positive Vibrations Roundtable with me, your host, Sarah Troy, my guest, Daniela Busson, and Kate Strong. We've had them both individually in the past, talking about how the vegan diet has literally saved their lives and also increased their performance in their lives. And today we're going to touch a wee bit on that. And you can listen to their past shows to get that in-depth story. But we're going to be sharing recipes, uh, foods to eat over the seasonal period, what to do when you go to someone's house if you are a vegan or vegetarian and they are, you know, serving different foods. Um, things to order even when you go to a restaurant and they're not catering to you um, there's things that you can do there's things that fortify you more there's things that are really beautiful and nourishing and even if you're going to say but you know I'm not going to give up my meat or I'm not going to give up my fish well just start incorporating um, vegan recipes into your f- food into your diet a couple of vegan days a week you'll be surprised at how many delicious yummy scrumptious foods that are out there that are incredibly healthy for you going to give you all the protein and all the nutrients that you need and uh, that are, are just going to expand your taste buds and your eyes as you can see on the posting we have a couple of beautiful recipes there and a link to a blog with a whole thanksgiving or christmas recipe that you could do that is entirely vegan so be adventurous and explore and we have these two wonderful experts today uh, daniela has a cookbook on vegan food uh, veganism actually changed her whole life um, it cured her from an illness that was uh, just going nowhere, going really going down the wrong road altogether. And Kate is um, an athlete, a triathlon, and uh, veganism has completely and utterly increased her performance, her tenacity, her strength, and uh, it can improve your life because just living in today's world requires a little athleticism. Um, so we could do with all the nutrients that we can get. So let's dive into the vegan delights and see what foods we can eat over this beautiful festive season uh, without uh, giving up taste. Welcome to the show, Daniela and Kate. Hello. Thank you, Sarah. It's, it's wonderful to be back. Oh, great to have you both. And um, I'm just going to go to Kate for a moment because you have just finished a triathlon pretty well around the world and uh, did exceptionally well. Would you like to just share a little bit about your little triumphs that you've just had? Yes, it's been a a literally around the world trip. Um, I've had five world championships, which have covered two continents. So I competed in Sweden and Austria and more recently in Chicago in the US of A. Wonderful. And um, and through your vegan diet, it gave you all that tenacity and strength that you needed to um, to complete your your triathlon. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. Um, it it was it kept it kept me in great spirits and good energy. And uh, luckily, touch words. Normally, when I'm flying internationally, sitting on a plane, I'm usually um, prone to disease, getting a bit of a cold or a flu, and uh, Luckily, on all of these trips, I um, came off the, the airplane quite fresh and ready to race. Right. So it builds up your immune system as well. And, uh, you know, uh, Daniela, you, you know, you had a, an orphan illness. And, of course, it looked like you were just going down that one road. And uh, you discovered, you know, vegan foods and it completely changed your diet around. It changed your life around. Yes, it absolutely did. Uh, it's been nearly seven years now. Uh, seven years ago, I couldn't stand up straight. I was bent over like a little old lady. And uh, now I'm. my husband and I are walking five miles a day with our dogs. We can bike 10 miles. We can swim. We can do whatever we want. But I couldn't, uh, I couldn't do anything uh, but try to stay alive. Uh, and it's been nearly seven years ago that that happened, and I've been vegan for four and a half years and the and since I became vegan, I'm completely out of pain. I'm off all my medications. I have um, no problems with blood pressure or cholesterol. Everything has improved. Well, for you to do, you know, five miles a day, you know, biking and walking, uh, from not being able to walk at all, I mean, is a testimony in itself. So, 
Um, so these are, you know, these are the backgrounds that we're looking at with these ladies, you know, and uh, uh, both of them kind of really discovered vegan and, um, you know, embraced it for, vi for different reasons and it most certainly has turned their lives around completely. But today we want to share some recipes with you and, you know, how easy it is to actually incorporate this in your diet. Nobody's saying that you have to go vegan, you know, overnight and drop everything unless that's your choice and you want to do it. But we're talking about introducing um, these beautiful recipes into your into your food you know vegan monday or friday or saturday or whatever uh, and most certainly over the festive season uh, consider those people out there that are either vegan or vegetarian your guests when you're hosting and make sure you do have a delicious vegan dish there for your for your people so let's start looking into some wonderful delights that you can have um you know, over this festive season, because basically we've just had our Thanksgiving in America. You've got yours in November, but we're already, you know, looking at preparing. Um, people are preparing foods and things like this already. Their recipes uh, for all the parties and you know all the gatherings that are coming up. So, Daniela, some tips for us of some basic ingredients that you need in you know, as a standard in the vegan uh, pantry um, that you're going to be using over the season. Well, I, I use things like acorn squash. They're readily available in the fall. Um, they're wonderful stuffed with uh, apples. And I like to use red delicious apples because they're naturally much sweeter. And I put raisins in them and I use a little bit of maple syrup. And, and that just makes a really yummy uh, main dish for, for Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. You can make uh, cranberry chutney with uh, with apples and raisins and dates and uh, uh, ginger and with a little, just a pinch of cayenne pepper to give it a little kick, and so it's completely fruit sweetened, and it's delicious and it's healthy and it's just a lovely condiment. And you can use it after Thanksgiving as a sandwich spread or, uh, you know, as a side dish. Mm, yeah, I love cranberry. I mean, delicious, absolutely yummy. Um, and you know, um, potatoes have such a you know wonderful especially things like yams and sweet potatoes um and they look so beautiful when you're serving them as well and and you can spice them up with with turmeric or kokorum or, or or you know pepper spice or this or that and um and you know you can do such a, a lot of things with those as well and they make a beautiful visual as well as absolutely nutritional and and delicious i do a wonderful uh split pea soup with uh with um sweet potatoes and it uh, has a curry base and it's just absolutely delicious. It's, it's a very nice uh, Thanksgiving starter. Um, I do a quinoa with carrots, corns, and peas so that gives you a grain portion that's, that's uh, not only delicious but it's very beautiful. These colors all work together with wonderful autumn themes. Uh, and for potatoes, I use a I I like it, this dish that comes from uh, the Netherlands and it's called uh, stampot and it literally means stamped pot and it's a mashed potato or rather a smashed potato because it still has its skins on it and I smash them with uh, collard greens or kale so you get both the leafy green vegetable and you get the starch of the potato and that is just such a delicious dish I could eat it every day. And again, all of these ones are so beautifully visual. Um, they are. You know, and the, the color order you're, you're eating with your eyes and, uh, you know, uh, you're, and every single one of them, which you're going to be on the Wise Health Show with uh, Sumanathan and Bill Mackey, where you're going to actually be talking about the nutrient value of all of this food. So um, look out for that, folks. That's coming in December. Um, when literally we'll be talking about exactly what each one of these uh, foods does for your body and nutritiously. Um, and then, of course, you've got the uh, queen orange and carrots. I adore carrots. Um, I think I really love colorful vegetables. I think <laughs> that's what it is with me. Yeah. Well, that's, that's just... true. I did a uh, cooking class two nights ago in Abingdon, Virginia, for a culinary program, a local culinary program, and I made Ethiopian food. And when you put it out on the table, it literally looks like a painter's palette. Mm -hmm. But so many different colors and textures. It's just wonderful. And uh, this is a very meat and potatoes area, but these ladies went crazy over that dish. Yeah. 
Now, Kate, you travel a great deal, so I can imagine that it's not always easy to kind of stick to a vegan diet. You know, a lot of people think it's maybe just rice cake and, and nuts and a, and a piece of fruit, you know, and they don't realize that there's so much more to it. But how do you find it when you're traveling, you know, trying to kind of get the foods that you really do need? To be honest, um, it's quite uh, tricky. Luckily, when I've been traveling in first world countries such as America and Europe, it's I make sure that I uh, stock up on some nibbles when I get to a supermarket as soon as I land. But the few times I've been to third world countries, I've just come back from Vietnam and Cambodia volunteering over there. It has been a little little harder. But as we were just saying, I um, always choose my food through color. I mm-hmm. Whether we know the technical benefits of vitamins and minerals of any fruit or vegetable or what we're looking at, if we take a, a variety of color, nature rewards us with a variety of vitamins and minerals. So um, that's what I try and do is just eat a rainbow if that's all I've got as a choice. Yeah, most certainly. And of course, you know, people think that uh, e- eating a lot of vegetables, you're not going to get your protein, you're not going to get, you know, the energy from that. And that's kind of far from the truth, isn't it? Most definitely. Um, I think what most people associate with hunger is actually not hunger. And we're because of the processed food that we've all been eating since birth, really, we're addicted to the chemicals that are involved in that and the sugars. So when we go to a plant-based diet, we're actually not feeling the hunger. We're feeling the, the craving of what we've been you know, eating since birth, really. So um, it does take a little while to get used to what our body messages really mean. But over time and a bit of patience, I, I personally feel a lot healthier and happier for it. Yeah, in a lot of ways, when you look at it, there the, all the chemicals and the, the preservative and, and the sugars that they put in there are so addictive um, that we actually become addicted to foods um, and, you know, generally the wrong kind of foods, don't we? Most definitely. And, um, you know, I'm, I acknowledge that I, sometimes I'm not eating because I'm hungry. It's because I'm sad or emotionally mm-hmm. uh, rewarding or punishing myself. So um, it's important to understand our relationship with our food as much as what we are actually eating as well. Yeah, I think also in the way we eat as well. I think it's very, very important that you know people don't just shove food in their mouths, that they savour it. Um, I think it's Seal, the singer Seal, uh, chews his food 50 times um, before swallowing it. Greta Garbo used to do the, that the same. I'm not sure I could do that because it would lose its flavour um, yeah. and go too mushy. But, you know, we really do need to actually chew our food a lot better, don't we, in order to kind of break it down and allow those nutrients to come out. And we really have become quite a gobbling society where we seem to shovel food into our mouths and just swallow it. And, you know, as you've said, we're coming into the festive season and uh, it is the time for where we have, we're actually celebrating with food um, time to be with our our loved ones, our nearest and dearest. And um, I think the 50 times chewing would would sort of cut the conversations, but maybe it's just, (laughs) it's more mindful to appreciate what we're eating and to appreciate the company whilst we're celebrating with our family, that we are all together and able to celebrate in in our home uh, this this Christmas or Thanksgiving or um, other sort of festivities we're together for. And as you were saying, Daniela, you know, that, you know, just introducing people to a different dish and maybe not even saying to them it's vegan and just, you know, having them just taste it and explore it. There's a great add on right now that talks about almond milk and cashew milk. And, uh, you know, you've got the almond saying, try it. Well, I've no, I don't know what it tastes like. I've never tried it. And he goes, that's the point. Try it. And then, oh, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really our mentality over everything, isn't it? Is that we talk ourselves out of things before we kind of explore and try something out. And you've uh, given so many of your dishes to people that, you know, have been very, very surprised afterwards that it's actually a vegan dish. I take food down to my farmer's market and just have people try it. I, this past month, I've, I've taken several things. One was a Reuben sandwich and a, uh, and a pastrami sandwich that, I, um, that was completely vegan. And I took it down and gave it to meat eaters, and they, they could not tell the difference. And I took macaroni and cheese down and fed, the, fed it to people at the farmer's market. They couldn't tell that that wasn't cheese. And I made a uh, salsa, a cheesy salsa, um, uh, with 
chips, and I fed that to Mexicans, and they couldn't tell that it wasn't real cheddar cheese. It was amazing. Can you but, can you tell uh, me the process to do that you would do with with you know, a meat? I mean, um, you know, I know that there's a, a, a wonderful Chinese vegan culture where they make the meats look like meat, and it's a whole entire process. But what do you use to make something look like pastrami or, or taste like pastrami? Well, I got this idea from eating at a restaurant, a vegan restaurant chain, chain called uh, Native Foods Cafe, and this was when I was at the Vegetarian Festival in in Chicago uh, this past this summer. And I was introduced to this uh, restaurant, and I ordered a Reuben sandwich, and it was amazing how much it tasted like a real Reuben sandwich. And so I went home and experimented with it. And what I and what I did is I made seitan. Do you know what seitan is? No. Okay, seitan is literally wheat gluten, and it is uh, if you have a ball of dough in your hands and you put it under running water and just continue to knead it, a lot of the flour will wash away, and what's left in your hand is that rubbery, stretchy wheat gluten that gives bread its structure. And um, but you can buy boxes of of, uh, of vital wheat gluten and just make this yourself without having to go through all that trouble. And so what you do is you just mix this wheat gluten with water, or you go through the process I just described, and you and you uh, shape it into a uh, loaf. And you have to remember that the loaf has to be half the size of what you want to end up with because it expands a great deal. And so, and then you boil it in some vegetable broth or some sort of seasoned broth, however, whatever flavor you want the loaf to take on. And uh, and when that's boiled, you you can take it and you can slice it in thin little slices, like like the corned beef or the pastrami is usually sliced in thin slices. And what I did then was I took some pureed beets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I pureed them very finely, so it really was more like a beet juice. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I put it, uh, and I soaked these uh, strips of, of seitan in it, so it actually looked like medium rare beef. And then I took, and then I took the edges, and I dipped them in coriander and black pepper, which is what what um, pastrami is usually coated in. And uh, and you can use a little bit of liquid smoke to give it that smoked flavor, and uh, and then just heat it on your stove and put it inside your you know I made rye bread uh, I made a um, Russian dressing using some vegan sour cream and some made a, a vegan I'm sorry vegan uh, um, cream cheese and some fresh tomatoes and some onions. Uh, and pureeing those together, and it made a wonderful little Russian dressing. And I used, uh, I made a vegan mozzarella cheese from uh, cashews, and just layered all of this this stuff together with sauerkraut and these little slices of seitan that tasted just like pastrami. And and you can even smoke them on your t- stovetop smoker. I I did that as well, and and the flavors were very similar. And uh, and then just make your sand, you know, assemble your sandwiches and and heat them on a grill, and they're wonderful. And I'm getting hungry. That, was, <laughs> that sounds absolutely delicious. Um, it was interesting how much it looked and tasted mm-hmm. like a Reuben. Like a there's a difference between Reuben and pastrami. Reuben is more of a pickled uh, uh, beef. You know, corned beef is more of a pickled beef, mm-hmm. and pastrami is a smoked beef. And so I, I tend to prefer the pastrami, but they're both very, very good. And I just took around, took them around and did little half sandwiches and offered them to people at the farmer's market, and they, they thought they were fantastic and could not tell that it wasn't real meat. Have you ever experienced anything like this, Kate, things that look like meat and that aren't? I have. I have done, uh, as you mentioned, I've gone to a few Asian restaurants that have your false... Um, mm-hmm. I... Um, I, I personally don't cook them myself. I, I stay on the whole food um, aspect of um, my lifestyle. Um, but I do enjoy it as a treat now and then when I'm going out. 
Yes, they have a tradition uh, in the Buddhist food is on your birthday. You always eat, you know, Buddhist food. You don't kill meat to celebrate your birthday. And so we used to always go along to this restaurant. It's no longer there, unfortunately. Um, and I was always blown away with, you know, what they could actually mimic and make look like, you know, um, pork or make look like, um, uh, you know, not necessarily pastrami, but other things. And, and the taste, uh, you mm. know, it was always what blew me away was that, you know, how so much it tasted like the real thing and such artistry to it as well yeah i would like the textures oh, yeah sorry Daniela. i'm so sorry i i do want to to um highlight uh kate's point about whole foods this is not something i would prepare on a regular basis yeah this is a this is a dish that i created as a transition dish mm -hmm. for someone who's who, who really feels that they can't give up the meat, and it gives them an option, of, a vegan option, that is just a step in the directions to a whole foods, plant-based lifestyle, which is ideal. And, of course, you can get faux turkey, can't you? Yes. Yes, I think... Either one of you, jump Sorry. in. Kate, have you... Is so <laughs> I, know, I know that Daniel's probably made it. So, Kate, have you got the faux turkey before? I have, yes. I've got um, one of my aunts, my entire family are omnivores except for one aunt who's a vegetarian. She she loves her faux meat because no one can tell the difference when it's on the plate. I don't mind sticking out as a unique individual. Mm -hmm. She prefers to blend in with the family. So yeah, she, she enjoys the, the faux turkey, especially at Christmas. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And and turkey is, you know, great all year round. I mean, it shouldn't just, just be a festive thing. So, And Daniela, have you made it before? No, I haven't. I'm actually not a huge fan of what I call mystery meats. Uh, like I said, they're transitional tools, and I tend to be more, uh, I tend to lean in the in favor of whole foods. But I have tried um, uh, fake chicken, uh, and and uh, it tastes exactly like chicken. Mm -hmm. I just read an article yesterday uh, how Beyond Meat is creating, this company called Beyond Meat is creating all sorts of meat products, of faux meat products, and they have analyzed what actually makes meat taste like meat, what the chemical properties are, and they've been able to reproduce it using pea protein. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so they're making meats that taste very much like, um, you know, like animal products, and they, they feel that this is the future of meat because raising meat for, for food is not really sustainable. No, it, it uses a great deal of water, never mind, you know, the inhumaneness of it as well. Uh, there's a lot of issues down there. We were, were hoping to have Jean with us today from Farm Sanctuary, um, but that was another show that we did there on, you know, choosing to become a vegan because of that. Um, and, you know, but there's some people that just really, you know, they've been brought up on meat and it's really hard for them to kind of completely go over and totally embrace, you know, just the whole foods. And, uh, you know, whether it's a transition or whether it becomes a choice that they like to incorporate in their diet, um, it's still going in the right direction, isn't it? It is. And, um, and the thing is, though, that people don't realize that they can make this change very easily without losing flavor and and satisfaction and the comfort of food. I did a talk yesterday to a brain injury group in Boone, North Carolina, and this is a group of people who never in their lives considered going vegan. And I, it was a very small group, about 15 people, and we just sat in a circle and it was a very conversational uh, setting. And I just handed around eight by 10 photographs of food. And these people were drooling over that food mm -hmm. because it, it just never occurred to them that it looked so good and that they could see that it was going to be a really tasty, uh, ch these were really tasty options. And so by the end of the, the session, they were all wanting cooking classes. So I'm, so I'm uh, going to be doing cooking classes for that group uh, come in the near future. Now, Kate, in your world, you know, I imagine meat and potatoes is really big, you know, because sports always, you know, you always think like, you know, a side of beef um, for their protein and building up the muscle and everything. And, um, and, you know, just seems to be kind of very heavy 
type of of diet um and i don't think a lot of athletes realize all the the nutritional value that you get actually you know from fruits and vegetables and and nuts and grains um how have you seen the reaction you know with people watching what you eat compared to what they eat in order to sustain sustain their athletic body I've done a few sort of a week or two long uh, training camps where I obviously am cooking my own food and invite other athletes to to join with me. And at the beginning, there's usually um, there's doubt, which mm-hmm. grows into curiosity. And eventually, while, whilst we're training together and I'm holding my own in the training group, they they are quite interested on an active level to to engage in my food and a few changes ha- I've seen in their own diets have um, have occurred which is great to see really but um you're right I mean it's it's generational I was I remember my mother when I was a young child feeding me the day before my competitions a big plate of pasta with chicken on the side and this cheese sauce on the top because because I needed the energy and the carb load yeah and um we evolve our knowledge evolves as well and i believe there's a cleaner healthier sources out there that that permit our bodies to work more efficiently and i'm lucky to have found uh daniela's recipes as well to help me transition a lot quicker into whole foods that give me that energy i need and you know we were talking about color you know and the visuals of the food and when you think about it hamburger and fries you know steak and potatoes and and a lot of people don't even eat vegetables um you know when you look at that food it looks very blah and then you look Mm -hmm. at the beautiful you know the 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 ray of the pumpkins and the squashes and the beets and and all that vibrancy of color out there with the carrots and the greens and it you know it's like eating a painting um and you know if, if people could actually kind of have their eyes switch over and just look at the beauty of that and then kind of train their eyes because every single bit of that is nutritional value to you. Um, I think that's uh, that's kind of a way, isn't it, of enticing them over? It is. I mean, it's a different mindset as well because if you look at your usual plate, a vegan doesn't have an omnivore plate minus the meat and cheese. We actually substitute it. So we don't have meat and two two vegetables less than meat we actually create a new dish entirely so it is a new skill set to cook mm-hmm. so that we're not missing the meat but neither is there a place for the meat on the plate in the first place mm-hmm. and how do mm-hmm. nuts uh, play a, a, um, an interest in this because nuts have got so many you know great oils in it enormous amount of uh, nutritional values in there uh, the the B17, the anti-cancer vitamin. Um, you know, how do how do you incorporate nuts in your diet, Kate? And I'll come over to you, Danielle. Um, I use them on a, it's almost for every meal, actually. I enjoy them at breakfast in my muesli uh, while I'm stocking up my energy supplies to keep myself warm for the day. Um, I have them in the bag as snack food so that if I do go out with friends and I find that I'm left with just a side salad because there's nothing else on the menu, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that appeals to me Um, even if french fries are vegan uh, it's not healthy and the ultimate goal for me is to be healthy and fit so um, I will just choose a side salad and I've got a a stash of nuts in my bag because they obviously long lasting that I can fill myself to last till I get home to have a more nourishing meal Um, and I I just enjoy them as seasoning and garnishing they they add a lot of flavor and texture and crunch that um, can make a regular salad, a bit of a wow factor, really. And of course, you know, I'm allergic to milk um, and I'm allergic to many nuts. They're actually killers for me, but I can actually eat peanut, cashew and chestnut. And um, so I choose to have cashew milk. And uh, I mean, I don't drink milk straight, but I have it in my in my oats and I have it you know, whenever I'm cooking with something and it's it's thick and it's creamy and it's delicious. And I love cashews, uh, which is also a B17. And, um, you know, the peanuts, peanut butter, you know, absolutely wonderful. And, of course, chestnuts are wonderful, especially when you start putting them in things and incorporating them in the food uh, that you're cooking in. Um, So, I mean, I wish I could eat the almonds and the walnuts because almond, again, is a B17 formula. And, of course, walnuts kill parasites um, in your body. So all of these nuts have a job to do. Um, as well as, um, you know, being delicious and adding that crunch to it. So, Daniela, uh, got some recipes, including the nuts in there? <laughs> well, I uh, 
because of the intestinal surgeries I've had and because they had to change my anatomy to keep me alive, um, which, you know, people can hear about in the, my previous pro, um, broadcast, but uh, I have trouble digesting whole nuts, and so I can't eat very much of that. So, But I have no problem digesting pureed nuts. Mm-hmm. And I keep a bowl of cashew cream cheese in my refrigerator or plain cashew cream uh, without the lemon in it. It's basically the only difference between uh, the regular cream cheese and, and just the cashew uh, thickened cashew cream is the absence of lemon. And I use them in so many different dishes. If I want a creamy pasta, all I have to do is make my red sauce and throw in a tablespoon of that cream cheese. If I want to make macaroni and cheese, it's largely a potato, a carrot, an onion, a piece of garlic, a piece of uh, roasted red pepper, and a quarter cup of cashew cream. And so, uh, and you blend it together, and you have enough uh, uh, enough um, macaroni and cheese sauce to feed an army. And it, you can pull this whole meal together in the time it takes to boil your uh, pasta. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I use it in so many different things. I, I use it for vegetable spreads. I use it to make uh, New England clamless chowder, which we spoke about before. Mm-hmm. Uh, I use it, and there, there's just endless uses for it. So I always keep like a two-cup uh, bowl in my refrigerator for it so that you can make a creamy fettuccine alfredo. Um, it's there's just endless uses for it. You can make a sour cream dip, dip for um, spicy buffalo wings made with with cauliflower and and have a little cream cheese in the middle of it and uh, a creamy sauce and use that as a dip. And that sort of mitigates the spice of the buffalo wings and gives another layer of flavor. Uh, there are endless uses for that, and and it and when you cook with cashews, it thickens just like heavy whipping cream, and there's no significant difference in the flavor. So why in the world would you eat a product that is going to kill you when there's this product that's very healthful that you can use in in place of it? Exactly, exactly. Now let's just talk about um, you're having a party, and you know. Uh, you um, are obviously going to, you're, both of you are going to serve up the vegan food and you have done in the past and change people's mm-hmm. minds. But now, you know, um, for, the, for the average person that's then going to get out there and kind of do the traditional, but for that one person that may be vegan or vegetarian, you know, what kind of dish would be kind of a little encompassing, kind of a little of everything in there? So if they're only eating from one dish, um, it's a good dish to make for those people that that may be a guest that is vegan or vegetarian. Either one of you. Got any ideas? Uh, I don't know that I have ever done, uh, taken just one single dish to a, <laughs> to a uh, to an event, uh, unless it was a hearty soup or stew. Those are very easy to do. Uh, a salad that encompasses uh, all of the, which also has the grains, the nuts, the uh, green vegetables, that would be a good one to do. Uh, something that is hearty, so that if you don't eat anything else in the in the room, you can eat that one thing and be satisfied. And that's the sort of thing that I take to uh, to potlucks and to uh, when I go to dinner at somebody else's house. I'll take one hearty dish like uh, like my New England clamless chowder. That's always a big hit. Right, because, you know, also you're going to somebody's house and, you know, they probably don't know vegan recipes and you don't want to kind of make them feel embarrassed because they don't have anything. You also just don't want to just kind of eat the one or two vegetables that are there. So, you know, don't feel embarrassed about taking a dish to a party or to a dinner party, um, you know, and let maybe let the host know ahead of time. Don't worry about me. I'll bring my own food. Um, well, that's, uh, I'm sorry for interrupting. That's very important because people don't seem, don't necessarily understand that even just saying I'll have a baked potato can really throw a, a chef, you know, someone who's preparing a party, it can really throw off their whole game plan because you're monopolizing their stove or their oven or their microwave to prepare a potato for you when they're trying to create all of these other dishes for someone else. Mm-hmm. So it's 
kinder to and it's much and and the chefs appreciate it, the the hostess will appreciate it so much more if you just say I'll take care of myself and just bring what you want to eat and you can bring enough for everybody else if you want to or you can bring just what you're going to, going to eat either way works out fine and it uh, and people will become curious about it and they'll want to taste it and and it helps to to change attitudes Yes, exactly, exactly. And Kay, you know how I, I know that you do this. Um, you know, you take a dish and things with you. But let's talk about kind of eating out because you know you've, you're in areas where you know veganism hasn't been so embraced. Um, how do you? I mean, you can't really take food to a to a vegan restaurant. But can you give them a recipe? I mean, to a re- regular restaurant, but can you give them a recipe? What do you do there? If I can, I usually phone in advance just to pre warn the the chef. And I'm usually very, very flexible. So my my usual line is to the waitress, these are the foods that I prefer to eat. These are the prefer- the foods that I will not eat. And I leave it up to the chef to style his own creation. Mm. So it's whatever's available in his kitchen that or her kitchen that they would like to prepare for me. And uh, nine times out of ten, I've actually been rewarded with one of the most spectacular meals I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just flexibility and understanding. I mean, there's so many more people today that are embracing either vegetarian or veganism, and I think restaurants should be kind of you know getting the hang of it now. Um, some old style ones are still having a hard time changing, but you know there are a lot more are realizing they need to have these options on the menu and make it exciting. And I think by you saying to them, look, these are the foods that I love, do your own creation. You know, you're allowing them to explore. And then, of course, coming back and saying, absolutely delicious, put this on your menu. He's giving them that kind of permission and, and, and like, okay, this, this, this will work. I can put this on the menu. It's not such a big detriment. Uh, and it's going to invite more people back to their restaurant. Exactly right. Because um, initially I used to hide I don't know why I used to hide the fact that I was a vegan and these were my food choices. I'd sort of make excuses or just say that I was allergic. But now I do share the knowledge because the more times I say it, hopefully they'll realize there is a market and eventually we will be more mainstream. Yeah, exactly. Now let's go to um, Asian foods because Asian foods pretty well in many, many ways are kind of more uh, vegan type based foods aren't they you know a lot more kind of grains and spices um, and um, you know more into the the vegetables or the noodles or things like that Danielle have you got a kind of a night you've got I know you've got Ethiopian but um, let's look at some Asian recipes there that are very very easy to put together and that are great transitional uh, wonderful recipes are summer rolls you have to be careful in Ethiopian restaurants I'm, I'm sorry, I'm saying Ethiopian, I mean Asian. You have to be careful in re- Asian restaurants because they often cook with beef stocks and they often use fish sauce. And so, and, and they won't always be up front with you when you ask them about it. So you have to do your due diligence when you go to, to Asian restaurants. But many are putting vegan menu, the vegan items on their menus now. And there are wonderful recipes you can make at home uh, using rice um, no- rice noodles and uh, rice ra- rice uh, wrappers, and you just you just submerge them in water and roll your vegetables in it. And you can use things like bean sprouts and and uh, um, basil leaves, especially Thai basil leaves that has a very wonderful Asian flavor. You can uh, put sweet potato uh, logs in it. You can make, um, um, I'm trying to think of everything I put in there. You can put anything you really care for that you can roll up into a little little log. And they're, and they're absolutely beautiful. You can make a peanut dipping sauce to dip them in or a soy sauce type sauce to dip them in. You can do um, Asian uh Sushi wrappers, which which has uh, you're using um, nori rolls, which are sea vegetables that are absolutely delicious and they're so good for you. There's more and more research coming out about how 
wonderful these nori rolls are for you. And you can use uh, brown rice instead of white rice, and you can roll those with carrots or fermented vegetables or... Uh, and I always use sweet potatoes because that gives it another um, it gives it another color, but it also gives you another layer of satiety, and it makes it very filling for you. Mm-hmm. And um, there are wonderful soups like tom yum, the the Vietnamese tom yum. That is so delicious. No, I'm sorry, it's Thai. Uh, tom yum is spicy and delicious, and has all kinds of different vegetables in it. Uh, Vietnam has a uh, a dish called pho. It's spelled P-H-O, but it's pronounced pho, and it's a noodle and, and uh, vegetable dish that is one of my very favorites. Uh, Kate, did you try pho while you were in Vietnam? Um, I did, but as you were explaining just earlier, in the country of Vietnam, they are a lot less sympathetic to vegans. So I'd say 99% of all restaurants I went to, all their stocks were a meat base or seafood. So um, I was quite limited in my choice. That's a shame. Yeah. Do you actually find that, uh, I mean, in Japanese, of course, there's a lot of fish base, um, but I mean, they do a lot of rolls and things like this that, you know, don't have fish and things in there. Do you think that, and of course, I love black rice. That's absolutely delicious. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, Do you find that, you know, Japanese food maybe might be easier to make for people, kind of making rice rolls and things like that? Well, the sushi is a Japanese-style right. uh, dish. Uh, I lived in Japan for four years, and I, virtually everything had meat in it. They do have a lot of tofu dishes, uh, but uh, there was a lot of fish or meat involved in, in most of their cooking, and I haven't done a lot of experimenting with Japanese food. Um, so I really can't speak to that with any authority. Right, because we, we have a stack of uh, sushi restaurants here in BC, and uh, they do a lot of rolls with just like the, you know, the avocado and um, um, and kind of soft and cucumber, um, you know, those type of things, which is always delicious. And of course, avocado is absolutely yummy. There's so many things you can do with avocado, isn't there? There yeah. is, and I usually avocado in my rolls. I put avocado in sweet potatoes and and um, uh, daikon, that wonderful mm-hmm. uh, mild, and carrots. And uh, you can either steam them or you can julienne them very thin so that they're crunchy. And uh, they're absolutely marvelous. And they're very easy to make and they will feed a lot of people because uh, you, you know, one roll is sufficient for one person. Pick, uh, pickled daikon is absolutely lovely. It's it's oh, really it is. yeah, that's really really good. And you know that's that's another thing, isn't it? Kind of pickling certain things, and then as you said, julienning them, and then just kind of throwing them on top of a salad, or putting them in a roll, or you know having them with something kind of that gives that little crunch that you need with something. So it's kind of uh, stepping away from tradition and kind of mixing things up that normally you wouldn't mix with. And just experimenting, isn't it? Well, the fusion uh, menus are fantastic. Vietnam has another dish that I absolutely love and we eat frequently, and it is called um, banh mi, banh mi. And it's a sandwich, and it's basically a a French hoagie roll because they learned to make French, they learned to make breads from the French when they were occupied by the French. And it's this wonderful French hoagie roll, and it has uh, usually is made with meats, and you can use faux meats if you like. But I prefer to use uh, slices of tofu or slices of a spicy onion, and it has jalapeno, and it has a slices of cucumber, and then on top it has a marinade. It has a pickled uh, carrot and daikon mixture that's sweet, and. Oh, my God, that's so good. And that's another recipe that I've taken to the farmer's market and practically had a whole group of people following me home to get it. (laughs) Kate, you were saying? Yeah, I was just going to add the the key for me when I started to um, bend towards this whole food, plant-based diet, is to look into my current pantry and to experiment, but also realize a lot of what we eat already is vegan or very, very simply adaptable by switching from butter to say coconut oil 
So, uh, you know, these these recipes are absolutely gorgeous and I, and I myself cannot wait to start cooking them. Uh, but if people are feeling a little overwhelmed, I think if you just stop and look at your own pantry, you'd be surprised at how much you can already eat, even if you were to eliminate all meat and dairy products tomorrow. And, you know, the, another thing I absolutely love is slow cooking. You know, getting out the slow cooker, putting a whole load of things in there and then, you know, letting it come up either as a thick soup or a melody of vegetables or a curry. Uh, and there's something about that slow cooking where all those flavors just kind of meld together and, you know, ginger and garlic in there, bringing out the things and, um, you know, absolutely yummy. And the other thing, spices. Now, I went to um, my son's birthday was last week and I decided to buy him a spice rack and went off to get some organic spices to fill those those racks for him. And when it came to the turmeric, there was hardly anything left. And they said, no, the, you know, since the doctors have been advocating turmeric uh, for brain, for arthritis, for inflammation, for fibromyalgia, they can't keep it on the shelves. And turmeric is a wonderful spice to use in so many ways, isn't it? It sure is, it yeah. Is. I like cooking with it. Mm. And you can cook it very easily. Um, Kate, you share a dish that you cook with turmeric. Let's give a couple of recipes here. Well, um, I'm a bit of a freestyler. I, I should start writing down my recipes <laughs> and sharing them a bit better. Um when I've cooked at the moment was uh, I'm spending quite a bit of time with my grandmother um, and she is a very fussy eater it turns out not, it's not just two year olds who refuse to eat anything <laughs> that's green so um, uh, I've been uh, trying to adapt her food without her missing out on the flavour and texture so last night I trialled uh, butternut squash soup uh, with, with turmeric in it as well to hopefully alleviate without her knowing yeah. certain yeah. ailments of her um, arthritis and um, and she enjoyed it so um, that was just a very simple soup of uh, an onion, three carrots a butternut squash that I'd roasted and some vegetable stock I put in a spring onion as well and uh, mixed it all together and added some turmeric seasoning and um, served it for my grandma Yeah and it's yummy um, my son makes um, squash soup for me and I'm his guinea pig and it's like anytime you want me to test something I'll try it <laughs> absolutely <laughs> have you got a recipe with turmeric in it Daniela oh I've got lots of recipes with turmeric I use uh, I do Indian recipes Ethiopian recipes uh, uh, wonderful soup recipes there I just have a great number of recipes with turmeric that sounded really good Kate it really sounded like a delicious recipe thank you um, uh Again, thanks to my audience, I'm being taught to, to cook, to, to satisfy who I'm cooking for, not just to satisfy myself. So mm -hmm. um, I went into my grandmother's pantry and that's, that's what I was, it was like on a master chef, you've got, you've got yes. five ingredients, make it work, go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and that kind of, you know, that's um, all dishes. Every recipe that's out there that was mainstream now was once somebody's, you know, curiosity of will this work? Uh, I'm going to share a recipe where, with the turmeric. I have a senior dog. She's going to be 14 in January. And, um, you know, was getting to the point where her arthritis was literally locking her hips and I could see the dementia coming in. And, um, you know, learned that turmeric is very, very good as brain food because I had somebody on who just raved about turmeric and what it did for her health. Um, but um, my uh, co-partner had a wonderful recipe of way of cooking it instead of just kind of putting it in the rice and boiling the rice of frying the rice first to kind of break it open rather like a popcorn then add the turmeric with a little crack of black pepper because that releases the turmeric and then adding the water i add chickpeas in there and carrots in there and and kale in there as well for her but if that's um if you were just to do the rice you could do it that way add a lot of water and then let it boil down one cup of rice fluffs up to an enormous bowl of rice and it's so much more digestible uh, than just taking a boiled rice you know it really you can eat a lot of it without getting feeling bloated or, or you know kind of you know gassy or anything which you can get from some rices and that turmeric is so utterly immersed in that um that her arthritis i mean you look at this dog now it's quite amazing what it's done for her um and you know there's a reason why in in india that you know dementia and all time is at an all-time low 
Hang on, Daniela. Kate, Kate's speaking. Yes, Kate. So I, was, I was just saying, I would, I would happily come to your house and eat your dog food. It sounds absolutely <laughs> Well, I add a little meat in there for her because she is a dog, but it's uh, it's mostly um, the vegetables <laughs> and the turmeric rice with a little meat in there, and she loves it. She wolfs it right up. Daniela. Um, turmeric also pairs beautifully, and and I apologize for interrupting. I'm that's not always sure who who. No, that, that's that's talking. radio. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it pairs. But with... uh, turmeric also pairs wonderfully with with cinnamon and with cloves and with allspice, and so you can create a lot of wonderfully flavorful dishes with turmeric. And almost every uh, Indian uh, curry will have turmeric in it. Yeah, uh, and you're right about the pepper. Pepper uh, increases the bioavailability of turmeric two thousand percent. So it's very important to use pepper when you're when you're cooking with turmeric. Right, and you know the other thing you've got to be careful with with turmeric is um, um, he was cooking the other day and he had a turmeric explosion, and everything turned yellow. So you've just got to be a little mindful when you're cooking with the curry f- spices and turmeric and things like this. Is that uh, you know they're um, they can spread their color very quickly, so <laughs> be mindful of that. I don't think I have a single wooden spoon or, or bamboo spoon that I cook with that isn't yellow. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's worth it because it's really so healthy. And I think this is another thing that people don't realize is that, you know, they think, well, I'm giving up my meat and I'm giving up my cheese and it's like I don't want to just eat vegetables but you start adding these spices to something you know uh, turmeric curcurum or even canine um, um, spice or um, obviously with garlics and gingers um, uh, you know nutmegs and um, uh, cinnamons I mean all of these wonderful spices completely and utterly can change a dish and change its flavors so completely that we you know we don't realize how much we're missing out of by not incorporating them in our diet. Daniela, you hit that one. Uh, and also cardamom. Cardamom mm. uh, beautifully with these. And you can make, I make a wonderful drink using turmeric. And I use almond milk. And I put turmeric and cinnamon and allspice and cloves in it and just a little bit of date sugar. And date sugar is a whole food. It's just ground up dates. And so, uh, and I heat that on the stove like cocoa, and that's, I call that my anti-Alzheimer's drink. Yes. And it's delicious. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? it? You know, things like Alzheimer's and, and dementia and things like arthritis and fibromyalgia and so many ailments that we seem to have rampant, especially in the last 50 years. Cancer, being, you know, like a cold now. Um, all of these things are preventable by the foods that we eat um, because all of these nutrients have which we, you you will be covering on wise health you know have a nutritional value that actually does something for your body i mean it's it's cured you daniela it's given you much better performance in in your athleticism kate um but you know the people are so busy to quickly rush for a pill or an operation where really with through diet they could really change their entire lifestyle couldn't they kate i'm going to go with you first yeah, very true. Um, I'm currently in negotiations with the national television program to cover this on television, which is at the moment people treat health as just being absent of disease, mm-hmm. uh, where in fact we should be thriving and excelling in life, not just one step or one day away from the cold. And um, I truly believe that the food we eat is either nourishing us or, or poisoning us. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, if I have a choice, I will always consciously choose the nourishment. Yeah, because it's not just body; it's it's mind, and and it's soul. You know, and it and it really can give you that energy for your spirit. Um, and I think people forget that it's it's we ask people to be mindful of their thoughts and the way they speak to themselves or other people. Uh, but it's the same thing of being mindful of what you put in your body or even on your body. Um, as the skin is the biggest organ that you have. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, you know, people rush, well, I've got diabetes, I've got this. And it's almost like they wear it as a badge of honor. You know, I've got something wrong with me. You know, for me, I've got a few things wrong with me. And then I go and look to, okay, what can I do naturally 
that will help me overcome that and not let it control me, but me control it. Daniela, you hit that one. Um, there are, are um, you know, food can't cure everything, but it seems to me that it, before you look to any other source of medication, that the first thing that you should look at is what you're putting into your body because it really can make the difference in how well you are. And it's such an easy, controllable thing to do. Yeah. We can control what we put into our mouths. And, and, if, and that's certainly the first place I think we should start whenever we're dealing with any kind of malady is what are we putting into our bodies? And Sumanathan, who you're going to be interviewed for on Wise Health, is 78. She calls, um, you know, all these vegetables, herbs and things, God's pharmacy. Um, and, you know, there's always a, a food or a nutrient that, you know, that can take care of things. Um, when you look at her, she is fit as a fiddle, um, works out every day, goes boogieing and dancing every weekend with her boyfriend and, you know, has exuberant energy. And uh, and And this is because... Um, physically, she's been interactive in her life. Um, she had cancer at one time and, uh, you know, beat it through nutritionals. Um, she is a holistic nutritionist. And that's because it's it's looking to always, you know, God's pharmacy. And God's pharmacy is the, uh, the root vegetables, um, the spices and all of those foods that, you know, come from the ground. Because, um, you know, those are, those are the nutrients that were given to us human beings. Um, in order to sustain ourselves, isn't it? Well, and I was reading recently a couple of articles about athleticism and nitrates, and I and it has been shown that if you eat a, a, a cup of, I mean, if you drink a cup of beet juice before doing any athleticism, like an hour before performance, it increases your endurance. I mean, that's like natural doping, yeah. <laughs> and it's and it legal and it's and there's no reason not to do it you're just feeding your body what it uh needs to perform have what do you think about that kate i'm a strong advocate of uh, beets juice i um drink it every day when i'm training four weeks prior to a competition so um that's uh, that's always on my list another one is lemon juice i drink a, a, a cup of a warm cup of hot lemon juice water every morning and, yep, I, I strongly believe that that helps me with my vitamins and minerals and electrolytes and staying hydrated during my training sessions as well. And, of course, lemon water in the morning um, not only hydrates your body, but it also releases the toxins from your body as well. And, uh, you know, we need that fluid in our body when we first get up to rehydrate our body, as well as we do at night. They say by drinking water at night before you go to bed is actually really good for your heart. Mm. It's um, it's a natural. We you know we don't run our car engines without oil and yeah. lubrication. So water is our body's lubrication. So um, yeah, it's obviously going to work more efficiently if we allow it to run smoother. And of course, I love juicing, and you know I love um, at least three times a week taking raw beet uh, and ginger and or carrot and apple and and you know whatever else I've got in there. And it, there is nothing better than kind of having a you know a juiced drink. It's nectar, you know. There, you know, I like my whiskey, um, but and I like my coffee, but there is nothing to beat that cup of juice of mixed vegetables in there. And that's a perfectly delicious combination that you described. I've had that combination in juicing too, and it's fantastic. Oh, oh it's gorgeous. <laughs> it's absolutely wonderful. And you can feel the energy in you. You know, you can just almost feel it like, get, you know, your body just go, yes, 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 and just grabbing hold of it and, um, and really, really nourishing you. Um, so, you know, whether people are wanting to change to veganism for, you know, the moral thing uh, to do with animals, which is a good reason to do it, whether you want to do it because you want to feed your body better nutrition, uh, because you want to be more active, or whether it's, you know, because you are having health issues and uh, you want to give your body a chance to heal uh, naturally, you know, um, or whether it's just a question of, of let's be adventurous and try a few dishes every week and explore what other options are out there. Um, you know, veganism isn't the dirty word anymore. It is actually becoming so much more embraced and uh, and people are really are discovering that 
actually that there's just so much more delicious food out there than there actually is generally in the mainstream. So um, to wrap this up, um, you know, both of you, would you give some little tips here over the season and, um, and you know, wrap up what veganism has done for you? Kate, I'll go with you first. Uh, a tip which would cover any any food choices is uh, make sure that when you're eating you stop before you're full because whether you're a vegan or otherwise overeating during the festive season is usually uh, rife and uh, to keep our energy levels up we should keep our um, quantities to a to an acceptable level so enjoy what we're eating and stop when we're when we when we've had adequate amount of food um, Second tip, if you are visiting friends, phone in advance and bring your bring your own plate and always carry some nuts in your bag just in case you are feeling a bit peckish. And um, sorry, what was the last bit about my, tell them about myself? Uh, that... Yes, yes, just what it's done for you. Oh, what it's done for me. Um, it's it's just changed my life completely. I've, um, I sleep better, I feel better, I look younger i i've just got a new passport and this current photograph actually i look like that's my me 10 years ago mm-hmm. so it has shaved shaved decade off me thanks to my diet and uh, just persevere be proud of yourself do it because you you want to be healthier and happier and and just just make one positive change every day so um anyone who's interested or would like more information my name's kate strong and please feel free to contact me at strongkate.com. Excellent. And uh, Facebook Strongkate as well, right? Yeah, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I've also discovered Snapchat and I'm quite enjoying that. <laughs> so follow my training program and what I'm eating as well. Live. And so, you know, if you are a, a young athlete and, you know, you know that uh, the sport that you've chosen is going to take a lot out of you, you know, contact Kate because um, she's made that transition. She knows exactly what it's done for her. And uh, you may as well, you know, um, speak to somebody who's there, um, who's taken the journey and get those tips because um, it saves you a great deal of time and trial and tribulation. And I know that Kate will be there to happily to share that information with you. Yep, most definitely. I love contacting people and love sharing what advice I can. Wonderful. And Daniela, what tips well, have you got for us? One of the things I'd like before we lose Kate is that Kate's not just a vegan triathlete who competes in world championships. She is a world champion, and she won the world championship in China, and she... Uh, definitely walks the talk and this was a this was a championship one that was powered entirely by plants is that not correct kate that is yeah thank you <laughs> excellent wonderful yeah, uh, she, she's absolutely one of my my heroes i uh, i think that uh, i can only uh, um, repeat what kate has said you know uh, be res- be respectful of your host and let them know that you don't eat animal products so that they're not surprised when you arrive that you're not going to eat their food and just let them know you'll take care of yourself that's that's uh, the easiest way to do it and then you know you like what you're bringing um uh, and just um, um as far as uh what kate was saying about uh not overeating i have to confess that i'm a little bit of a hog and i really like to eat food and I, I have had a hard time learning how to slow down. <laughs> and the reason for that is I lived in a, I studied art in France. And I lived with a French family for three years. And I was allowed to eat, I used the kitchen to cook and eat my food. And I only had 15 minutes to do it. So mm. I learned how to cook, scarf down my food. And it was a habit that I have spent years trying to break myself of. And so the way I did that, is just by when I eat, I don't try to chew a certain number of times. What I do is I just close my eyes and appreciate every every nuance of the flavor of that food. And when you do it that way, you find that you, you're slowing down your eating process, you're not eating as much, and you're enjoying your food so much more. And so that's a tip that I would like to share because we all tend to overeat in the holidays. Exactly. Um, and not just the holidays either. I mean, it's uh, and, you know, uh, 
the thing is about the vegan food it's so beautiful it's so visual so soak it in visually like a piece of art and then when we do actually eat anything in gratitude I think we change the mm-hmm. entire chemistry of the food and the way our body receives it and as you said stop leftovers is fine you know if you can't finish your dish that's okay you can heat it up later or heat it up tomorrow um you know leftovers are fabulous so don't think that you have to finish your plate uh, as you said learn to know when you're full and uh, that yeah. gratitude goes a long way doesn't it it does and also it's important to understand that vegan and and uh healthy do not necessarily mean the same thing uh french fried coca-cola are tip are technically vegan because they don't have any animal products in them, but these are not foods that you will thrive on. We really have to look at whole foods because that's what will give you whole Whole, um, just lost you there, are you there? Yes, I said, I I said we really look, have to look for whole foods uh, in our diets because that's what will create whole health. And also the way we cook, don't overcook things. you know, the, the the firmer you can get the vegetable in you, the better. And, um, and uh, you know, go back to cooking. You know, it's uh, we live in such a fast-paced world where everything is instant, instant. Take some time out. Create dishes for yourself, even if you have to create something that's you know, you're going to go back into the fridge for the next day when you're in a hurry. Um, and don't be afraid to even invite people over and, and have them prepare a dish with you and understand how it's made. And, and then when they get to eat it, they realize how delicious it really is. So always stand up and say, yes, I love my veganism. This is why I do it. This is my choice. Let me share a recipe with you. And, uh, you know, it let people know that it's nothing to be scared of, that it's actually quite delicious and uh, very nutritious and just overall a very ethical and um, honorable way to go for your own body and for this planet. Very true. Well, I want to thank you both for being back on the air with me and um, I wish you both a wonderful festive season uh, that is coming up and uh, um, any dishes that you ever have, the uh, recipes you want to share, just send them over to me and I'll Facebook them. And, um, and you know, there's so many beautiful foods out there, um, whole foods out there that we can eat in so many different ways that if we just step outside of our own fear or, or you know, opinion and and just become a little more adventurous we'd realize how much we're missing out on so whether you're introducing it into your diet or winning to make a change you know take the first step and just explore a few recipes and see how easy it is so thank you kate and thank you daniela my pleasure thank you again wonderful so folks you know, this is an advocacy for vegan foods, but it's not just because it's vegan. It's because it's healthy for you. It's healthy for the planet. It's delicious. It's yummy. It's going to open up your palate to so many wonderful things. Be adventurous. Step outside of your comfort zone and just start exploring because you just don't know how delicious it is until you try the recipe. Until next time, folks. <laughs>